Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Monday installment of the program. Our Monday show always brought to you by our friends at The Best Bet. And live from Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Park. And I am really excited. It is our walk-off charities annual baseball classic, which now has become the baseball and softball classic. 12 high school baseball teams, 12 softball teams, and we are really excited about the first day. And Lauren has promised us, as the show's chief meteorologist, that it won't rain. Hayes, did you hear that? <laughs> That's you, good, yep. You heard the promise. That, she was, made a, that was definitely a vow. She made the promise. It started raining right after I said <laughs> It kind of really did. It was a drizzle, <laughs> but it was a little bit of a drizzle. So, But we are thrilled to be out here. And, uh, and uh, again, I, I thank you, Steve, and all the folks at 1010XL for letting us do this. We never take that for granted. Uh, we are out here every day to tell you about baseball and to tell you about uh, softball and, and to hopefully help you get to know some of the folks out here that are to some really good programs now out here, really good programs coming out here, so we'll talk about that. But I'm told there was also a football game. Is that true, too? There was. There was a, a big one. A football game yesterday. Yeah, big what one. What a game. Yeah, yeah but before what we get a, to that, let's yeah. – you, you need to take a victory lap on this. This is spectacular, and uh, it's a magnificent park. And I know you've been waiting a really long time to, to do the, the first Frangie show out here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hope it's uh, living up to it because yeah. it's uh, it, the facility is just spectacular. Hayes, I appreciate this. It is a joint venture. The city of Jacksonville built this, and, uh, and they got us involved at walk-off. You know, there was an RFP. They kind of asked us to try and win it. We won the RFP. Years ago, this has been a three-year work in progress. Um, they let us be involved in the design, and uh, which, which was exciting for, for me and for all of us. Um, and the, ra- the reason we're out here is walk-off is not really in the facilities business. We're in the helping children in underserved areas play baseball business. This is not exactly an underserved area. It's, it's, it's a corner of a, it's, I say corner, it's near I-295 and Bay Meadows and Gate. But the, the, the arrangement we all came to is We'll run it, we'll staff it, but allow us to take the revenues, the revenues from travel tournaments, the revenues from high school games, the revenues from people, and let us put it back into the inner city. Let us put it back into the north side. So all the children that ordinarily wouldn't be able to play baseball or softball now can do it because they can do it for free. And Walkoff's been doing that for seven years, but let's use the revenues from this beautiful new ballpark and, and put those into Walkoff. And now, because of this ballpark, more kids than ever will play baseball and softball will play for free. And that's really exciting. And, and that is, I mean to tell you, that is a really exciting thing for all of us. And so, uh, so thank you, Hayes. That's a yeah, very kind sure comment. Thing. I appreciate your comments. It's three fields, a baseball field, uh, a, a full-size baseball field where the high school games will be played. And there, there's two smaller fields that will be perfect for both girls' softball at any level and youth baseball 12 and under. So we're very excited. All artificial turf fields, the first one of its kind in Jacksonville. They're all over Florida but not in Jacksonville. So we have them now. Now Jacksonville has what everybody else has, and we're very excited. On February 23rd is a ribbon cutting uh, where the, the mayor will be here and members of the city council and, and other uh, members in the, of the walk-off family. So we're very excited about that. And Lauren, you labor saw Labor of it. love. I think that's what you'd call this. It is you, a labor. Right? It has been a labor, <laughs> and it has been love. So it has certainly been both. But Lauren, you saw it last week, or I think it was last week. I did, yeah, the, the week ago or so for the here. clinic. Yeah, and so getting to see those kids on these, these gorgeous fields was, was wonderful. And, yeah, it couldn't look better. And I do think the weather's going to improve, at least for the show period. And for the first two games, we've got baseball-wise, Providence going up against Wolfson, and then softball-wise, Clay versus Paxson. 
We also have games later tonight. I'm not sure if those will get played. That's Bishop Snyder versus Ponte Vedra. Again, that's baseball and then softball, Episcopal versus First Coast. Yeah. Hopefully those get played. If not, I know you have a plan. Yeah, I do. we do. And in full disclosure, I asked Lauren to pull up the schedule because We've got 24 teams out here playing, <laughs> and I've lost sight of who's playing whom when, so thank you for that. Lauren. Oh, sure. I do, I do, I'd love to tell you off the top of my head the whole schedule. I don't know it. But I, I don't think anyone would expect what, it. What I do know is tonight, Providence, no, no, Providence and Wolfson are playing right now. Tonight, Pontevedra plays Bishop Snyder. And if you love baseball, what I can tell you is, and I hope I get the schools right, and if I get the schools wrong, uh, Carline, you can fire me. But it's Matt Hogue from Pontevedra pitching against Aiden King from Snyder. That's FSU commit or signee versus Florida signee. Oh, wow. And I will tell you, this not, these weren't throw-in signees. Hogue and King are two guys that FSU and Florida really wanted. I mean, FSU and Florida. Now. We're not talking about, you know, Furman and, 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 and Charleston Southern. No, and they have wonderful programs. FSU and Florida signees are pitching against each other tonight at 7 o'clock, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really cool. So, and Wolfson and Providence, two good teams right here. Paxton and Clay, as Lauren told you a minute ago, the softball softball to our left, baseball to our right, going on at the same time. That's just really cool. So, How so much does it cost to come out and watch? The uh, I, th- I should know that. Five bucks, maybe? Five bucks. I think it's, I think it's if it's not five bucks, it's around five bucks. Yeah. Maybe five bucks. I should know that. But, yeah, please come out and watch. And, all the again, every dollar you spend out here at the concessions, um, the pretty redhead back there will be serving your hot dogs. That's my wife. God <laughs> bless her soul. She set up. You know, she said, you know, I really thought my concession days were over when I ever got out of high school. Nope. I said, well, you were just warming up. <laughs> so, Not but, so fast, my friend. Yeah, but, but, but please come out if you want to watch really good baseball, really good softball. And plenty Pl- of seating. And plenty. Of, we have the grandstand, thanks to our friend uh, Peter Bregan, Jr. You can't really say baseball in this, in this town without talking about Pedro. And I said, Pedro, uh, we want to build a very expensive grandstand, a very expensive park. And I need a big check. Pedro says, where do I send it? And so that's uh, that's so, so it's the Bregan Baseball Complex. Again, it's not done. Scoreboards are not done yet. Um, they'll be they'll be they'll be start building them during this tournament. They'll be done in about a week and a half. Um, you see, uh, the best bet fun zones out there are sort of about half done, and they're going to be a lot of fun with uh, cornhole and all kind of fun. They look games. great, don't they? Look great. They're yeah. gonna, they're, they're really going to be a fun area. So so we're building, but we we're we're, we're, we're far enough along to play baseball and have grandstands and fields. So so thank you, Ace, for those kind comments. Now I'll get to it. What a game. What a, what a phenomenal football. Boy, was it fun. I, I cherish the days the Jags were in that game. I, th- I know we all thought that. We all watched it. And I cherish, cherish, cherish the days the Jags are going to be in that game because that day is coming. The, the, the Jags are going to be in those games. There's no doubt in my mind that's coming. But in the interim, while they're not, boy, what a joy to watch. A magnificent game really without caring who won. You know, I mean, you pick a team when the game starts, whether it's the team you picked or – if you want to see the Chiefs go down or whatever. But you don't really, at least for me, I didn't really. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I really cared about was having an amazing game, and there's so many storylines that will dominate our show today as it should. But what an amazing watch last night. What an amazing, even if it was clunky and not very good offense for a while and bad, better defense and offense and a lot of punts, just the back and forth. What a what a fun fun night last night. Yeah, to me it reminded me of a movie that you start watching and about halfway through the movie you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to even finish this thing. I mean, it's a mess and you know, I'm not connecting with it and then the second and third act ends up being phenomenal and it ends up being one of the better movies that you've seen in a while and that was the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it was I, I thought a brutal game in the first half. 
uh, even for a good stretch of the third quarter, but more than made up for it with uh, unbelievable fourth quarter and overtime and all the decisions that went into it and the clutch plays. Uh, and I mean, the Chiefs are just, I mean, they're just ridiculous. I mean, it's, they just can't, they can't be stopped. I mean, for them to go through the teams they went through this postseason, uh, that's about as good as it gets. And, you know, it's, it's a dynasty. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. And, you know, their quarterback's still in their tw- in his 20s. So it's uh, who knows what it could be. I, I hope you're right about the Jaguars. <laughs> <Me> but, <too. laughs> boy, that seems like that's that's a really tough challenge, expecting this club to take down the, the Chiefs and, and the AFC and, and anytime soon. It's crazy that during the season we all said, this Chiefs team can't win the Super Bowl. The way this team, Chiefs team is now constructed, they can't win at all. They don't have enough weapons on offense, and they obviously had lost games you didn't expect them to lose. They got really beat up by the Raiders. And then at the end of the day, they're the ones holding the trophy. I think, Frank, to me the most fascinating thing was to watch what we talked about all week long, Kyle Shanahan versus Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid versus Steve Wilkes. I thought those created such fun matchups to watch all game long. you got to cut the head off the snake. It's, they are so good that even when you have them beat, and nobody knows that better than us, in 2017, the Jags had the Patriots beat. The Jags outplayed the Patriots. The Jags should have won. Uh, one really bad call, uh, a bad defensive moment on third and 18, and all of a sudden the snake moves on. you got to cut the head off the snake, and, uh, and, that, and that is why I picked the Chiefs the whole, the whole postseason, and I think a lot of us did. I think the three of us picked the Chiefs to win this game and never flinched. I, and, right, yeah, I had the Ravens beating them in the yeah, AFC yeah. title game, but once they went to Baltimore yeah, and won, yeah, 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 there was no way I wasn't picking I them. Mean, to beat I mean, I was even, I was even getting a, I got a giggle out of this on our program. The three of us, we tried to make it entertaining radio, but I don't think there was any doubt in any of our minds from Monday on, or from oh, to your point, Hayes, a week ago Monday on. Were you ever going to pick the Niners? Sure was. I was never picking them. Well, you were, ne- you were never picking them mm-hmm. because. And by the way, they may have the better team. I, I don't know who. If, if you did a power ranking of position by position, and they may have the better team, but there's no way they were. I, I, there's no way I thought they were going to win. Look, it was an overtime. The, game. the Chiefs may game. have the sixth best team, that, that's but it the doesn't point. matter because they don't lose. That's the point. So that's the I point. Mean, right, they're, right. They're the toughest team. They're, they're the t- mentally toughest team, and, and, and they deserve. And this. that's why they won the game. Because what happens in sports is we see it all the time. I don't care if it's two guys playing ping pong or if it's two guys in a match playing golf, what sport it is. When one guy starts to win, starts to think he's going to win, gains that confidence. The guy that doesn't beat that guy loses a little bit of confidence and doesn't play with quite, doesn't play with quite the looseness, quite the reckless abandon, and that's why the one that wins keeps winning. That's what Michael Jordan did forever. That's what Tom Brady did forever, and that's what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs do, and that is why, and that is why. They continue to move on, and that's why the Chiefs are going to be a tough out. The guy's 28 years old, by the way. The Chiefs are going to be a tough out for a long, long time and a great win. So we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more and more about the Super Bowl, everything from uh, did they play it right, coaching, officials' decisions, what, what, what doomed the 49ers, what won the game for the Chiefs. We'll talk about that, everything from the anthem to the halftime. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a great day for the NFL. We'll talk about Tony Romo because everybody wants to talk about Tony Romo these days. All that coming up. A little bit later on, a big win for the Gator basketball team. We'll certainly talk about that. Boy, did they gut Auburn. 
And don't think for a minute that was a 16-point game because that's what it finished up. That was a 30-point win disguised as a 16-point final is what happened. A great win for them. We'll certainly talk about that. Some college football coming up. We'll update you on the, both, both the baseball and the softball uh, as we are uh, playing for the first time at the Bregan Baseball Complex. A lot to do. Glad you're with us on a Monday. Frangie, Carline, Brooks with you. Uh, R.J. Saunders back at World Headquarters. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Juwan Jennings with great play. Oh, this ball's in the air for a long time. The Padres able to put it down, and he's going in for the touchdown. And now set up in the red zone. Trying to take the lead. Mahomes goes for it right away. Wide open. Touchdown. Valdez Scantling. Birdie's pass. Caught. Jennings did it. What an effort breaking tackles. Now he's thrown for a touchdown and caught another. Well, this is going to be 29 yards to send the game to overtime. Butker's kick is good. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there. Hartman. Jackpot. Kansas City. Game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for his one Super Bowl. He's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. Just know that the Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs. Just know that. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Well done, RJ. It is a Best Bet Monday. Kicking off this week at Best Bet Orange Park, $80 satellites into the GOPO 200 with a $50,000 guarantee. That comes up February 18th. So a lot of fun stuff going on at Best Bet Orange Park all week long. All right, you just heard it. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Frank, as the Chiefs win yet again. Holmes and Reed's third Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey's as well. I feel like you've said this a few times now. you got to cut the head off a snake. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? Well, that's, that's, that's just it. The, the reality of this is at some point you either have to get better or there's, one, there's only one other way, Hayes, one other way to, to do this. Hope in 15 years he retires. Okay? <laughs> because because the, reali- the reality is you, have got to, you cannot stay in a close game with those guys because they know how to win. So, so many thoughts about the game. I want to get to the broadcast and all that in a bit. But first of all, the game itself. I felt like San Francisco had the better personnel group. And I thought the only way they could win the game is pull ahead. You can't stay close to the game against Kansas. You can't have one of those games where who makes one last play wins because you're not going to beat them. If, if it's one of those games where whoever makes one last play wins the game, you are not going to win. You are not going to beat them. So I think that's one thing, Lauren. And 10 points is not enough. No, I, I feel like we've, we, learned we've learned that, that now. We've learned, but you, you Certainly can, Kyle Shanahan has. Yes, absolutely. God bless him. So, you have, so I think a, a big part of this, a very big part of this is you have, to, you have to pull away from them, make them panic a little bit. And they don't seem they, – they rarely seem rattled. I think that's the one thing. The second thing is this. I'll give Andy Reid credit. Nobody could run the ball. Even McCaffrey didn't have a very good McCaffrey-type game. But Andy Reid never left the run. He, that, Isaiah Pacheco kept getting the ball even though there was nothing there. So somehow you get a big enough, to your question, you get a big enough lead against those guys to where 
they have to abandon the run, and I thought they never did do that. I thought that's the. I think that's part of it. The other thing is you have to harass him, and I think in the early part of the game they did that. They covered, they harassed, but you have to keep doing it. You have to uh, build a little bit of a lead. A handful of things I thought really, really decided the game. Number one, the Chiefs staying close enough to be the team that wins at the end of the game. I thought that was part of it. I thought even though everybody made the big deal of Kelsey going up to Andy Reid and yelling at him or pushing him or whatever, and obviously that's a big storyline. Everyone's talking about that, as they should because it's a big story. I thought when the Chiefs' Hayes got Kelsey involved is when it changed. The fact is, whether the 49ers were doing a good job of and they, they, boy, they played him, they played him uh, underneath and over the top. They had someone playing man with him the whole time. A lot of times it was Warner. It was a freaking middle linebacker, but they played him man. They, they played press man and had a guy over the top, which is and, and it's smart because if the Chiefs lost the game and for a while it looks like they were going to, they would have lost because they're finally out of weapons. There's no weapons. The receiving core is, what do we say, bottom half at best, right? Best, yeah. And so, so, so they're out of weapons a little bit. So I think when they got Kelsey involved, I thought the game changed a little bit. I thought that was part of it. I thought the pass rush got better. Purdy had too much time early on. But once you get to a game where the Chiefs are able to stay close, the Chiefs are going – in a game of significance, if the Chiefs can stay close – they're going to win the game, and I thought that was the story of the game. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, with Kansas City is because of Mahomes' greatness and Kelsey obviously being a superstar and a fantastic player, uh, it gets lost, but they've really turned the corner defensively. I yes. mean, they're incredible defensively, and special teams, they're incredible. So, I mean, they're just good in every phase. I mean, the special teams won them the Super Bowl last night. I mean, in, in terms of they get uh, points off of a, a fumbled punt where it hits the guy's heel. Uh, they block an extra point, which is a, allows it to be a game that can go to overtime. Uh, and defensively, they were they were outstanding uh, in terms of particularly some of the calls, the blitzes that Spags had late in the game. There was a third and four. I think they were at like the Chiefs' thirty-eight the late in the blitz. game. Corner yeah, blitz. he brings the corner. That was a great, I was mean, the best defensive knocks ball of the it game. down. Yeah, I mean, it's just brilliant stuff. And yeah. so, it's uh, obviously Mahomes is is incredible and uh, the greatest player in the game, and and well on his way to becoming one of the greatest that we've ever seen do it. But they've evolved from a team with a great quarterback that's going to try and beat you thirty-eight, thirty-five to a team with a great quarterback that also can play defense when it needs to and is going to win the third phase of the game in special teams. I mean, Tommy Townsend last night had five punts. His net average was 50.8. And they're all – and they stayed in the air forever. Yeah, too. I mean, Butker was incredible. I mean, yeah. they just they just won every phase, and that allowed them to combat the the areas that San Francisco was stronger. I, I mean, how, how are you going to beat Mahomes? It's going to be a dynamic pass rush, just like it was with Tom Brady. The games that Brady lost in the playoffs, usually – New England couldn't protect him, and those were the games he lost. The games that Mahomes has lost uh, in his young career in the postseason, he hasn't had much of a chance. It looked like the way Bosa was playing early that uh, in the rest in Armstead, it looked like in the first half maybe that would be the game that we would see where Mahomes just never was able to get comfortable and San Francisco would dominate the trenches. And they dominated it for a half, but they weren't able to continue it and, I mean, that's – I think that's the recipe. If you're looking to unseat the Chiefs, 
you've got to have three or four guys that are special that can get after him. And, uh, you know, again, looking at the Jaguars, they have two of them. Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker are players that probably would give the Chiefs problems more often than not. But you've got to find that third, the fourth guy, and, uh, and that's, a, that's a tall order. I mean, really, I mean, you have, to, you have to build it the way Coughlin built the Giants and say we are just going to create a defensive front that makes it virtually impossible for you to block us. And we'll be average in some other areas, but we're going to prioritize that defensive line. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many teams in the AFC, particularly in that division, emulate that and say our only hope here is is we have just got to get after him and get after him often. Because I thought, you know, Romo, I thought we'll get to him. I thought he, he had a bad night. But the thing that he was dead on the whole time was keeping Mahomes in the pocket, and he kept coming back to Bosa, containing him, and then you know he got more undisciplined with it as the game went on. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take not allowing Mahomes to escape and punishing him in the pocket. But until teams, until a team can do that, Kansas City is is going to be the best team. And and as long as they play defense and special teams, they've now created an environment where Mahomes doesn't have to be Superman for them to win. He just has to have a good game, which he's going to deliver 95% of the time. Yeah, of course he is. The Chiefs remind me so much of the Patriots when they had their dynasty. Really good defense, not the best of weapons on the offense, but the amazing superstar quarterback. And special teams were always going to be in the Patriots' favor because of how Belichick is, and that was how the Chiefs were last night. I thought, Frank, a, a pivotal moment was certainly when Dre Greenlaw went down because the 49ers' defense, yeah, good point. they're all so talented, but they need one another in order to be as good as, as they've been. And so I thought that was that was certainly a, a big blow for San Francisco. It's funny, today, had the 49ers won, I feel like we would have mentioned Chris Conley several times oh my God, he, because well, of how good yeah, he was yeah, on special teams. Yeah. The old, our old friend Chris Conley just became the best special teams <laughs> Guy in the league. When, did, was I asleep when that happened? Yeah. I, I missed the memo. Did he memo. play special teams here? Because I don't, I don't remember him playing I, I special teams. No, he was the best receiver here. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But I missed the memo when he became special teams superstar. Um, and great point on Greenlaw. I agree with you. Here's the big picture for me. And what a freaky injury that was. I know. I know. He just run on I the mean, field. I mean, just running on, on the field. field. Yeah, yep. I felt for him. Um, here, here's a big storyline for me. And and this, is, and this comes probably from someone who pulls for – the Jaguars are another AFC team. <laughs> the one time to get those son of a guns would be when they finally – who's the GM, young GM guy? Who's uh, Brett Veach. Here, here's the – finally, Veach outthought himself and didn't have very good receiving core. For the first time, there was a hole in his plan, Hayes. That receiving core was not very good. Now, they missed on Kadarius Toney, but – it was so. Finally, there's a there's a there's a crack in the armor, just a bit, you know, just a little crack. So get them because you know they're going to go get receivers now. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what their cap situation is, or I don't know. Yeah, they got uh, draft picks. They'll yeah, just draft them. Yeah, yeah. So so, but you know, now they're going to fix that. Yeah, they're they're going to they're going to fi- the one time when you got them where they kind of messed. Don't you think that yeah. they kind of messed up? So which made them, which is why they weren't the number one seed, which is why they seemed vulnerable. Look, you made the point. They weren't vulnerable all of a sudden because their defense, best defense they've had during this whole run. So they weren't def- they weren't vulnerable because of the defense. Mahomes still Mahomes. Kelsey had a great year. Um, the backs are good. Pacheco's good. You know. So I mean, so so Edwards, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like their third guy. 
where they were vulnerable is they had no weapons. We're in a day and age where everyone's got to have weapons. Well, we finally got to a point where they didn't have weapons, and you blew it. That this was the year to get them. That, so that's certainly demoralizing to me if I'm rooting for, like, everybody other than the Chiefs. But if you're Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Nicole Hardman and had Canarius Tony played, probably would have been the same way. You don't have to be a star well, they because you have Mahomes. You're right. You have Andy Reid dialing right. up the play call. Well, you're right. They won the, they won the Super Bowl. So here's the, here's the proof of what you just said. They won the dang Super Bowl. So you must not need Mahomes but, doesn't need it. Just like Brady I, didn't I have think, to have the best. Well, you're right. You're but right. he had the best tight end, in Gronk, and that's Mahomes a great has point. The best tight end but I mean, Kelsey. I think that I think if that receiving core was in Seattle or Vegas, anywhere, any, yeah, they'd, be no, they'd be no good. That receiving core would be no good. And so, uh, wow, what 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 a, what a championship for the Chiefs. Well deserved. Andy Reid is so good, so unflappable. As is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they won the championship, and they, des- and they deserve that. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the broadcast, the anthem, all of it. Uh, the night in the NFL last night. We'll certainly talk about that NFL honors as well. Do want to remind you, it's a best bet Monday. We thank our friends for the best bet. There's no better place to go. And, I, and by the way, in the best bet, you turn around and look out here, Lauren. You can see the best bet fun zones are going to be one of the most fun places out here. Absolutely. There's people already hanging out yeah, in people them. already in the they fun zone. They recognize that those Adirondack chairs are the place to be. That is the place to be. And we do thank our friend Jamie Shelton and all the folks from the best bet. Also tell you, kicking off this week at the best bet Orange Park, $80 satellite. They get into the $200 with a $50,000 um, guarantee. So all kind of big stuff going on. Um, Leap Day, by the way, at the Best Bet location. That's February 29th, giving away $29,000 in high hands from 2 p.m. all the way to midnight. So all kind of fun stuff going on, thanks to the Best Bet. And I do want to remind you, we're live out here at the Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Field. Um, this, is our, this is the new home for walk-off charities. And the sun is shining. And the Let sun the record is, reflect. And Lauren has saw to it that the sun was shining. That was her job. And uh, the sun is shining. It's a beautiful day out here. Hopefully, gosh, what if the rain just stays away altogether? Wouldn't that be just That would be lovely. God loves baseball and softball. I've said it many times. Let's take a break. We'll talk a little bit more about the broadcast. Uh, this is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. We welcome you back now to the uh, Reagan Baseball Complex. The National Anthem has played both ways. Uh, the softball is underway. It is Clay versus Paxson to our left on the softball field. And Providence and Wolfson about to get underway on the uh, baseball field. What a beautiful day it is today. And we're, we're excited about baseball, excited about softball. We're glad we're here at the Bregan Baseball Complex. Uh, sun went away, Lauren. You still got an eye on that? You still watch it? I have been watching the radar about every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. What, what, do, we, what do, you th- do we have good news or bad news? Uh, we will We're okay be, till 6 o'clock? We will be fine until around 6 o'clock, and then there will be one band that comes okay. through, and then after that, I think... We'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, certainly, certainly it's nice weather right now, and that is a good thing. Uh, one final thought about the uh, the Super Bowl. Franzi Carlion and Brooks on location here at the Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Field for the walk-off charities uh, baseball and softball classic. All right, so what now? I think the Chiefs get stronger. I think they had a clear weakness, and that was their... Their receiving core, and I, and watching that game yesterday when it was clear they couldn't get open, Patrick Mahomes looked as flustered. He looked at whether he just wasn't seeing it or whether it wasn't happening, 
And I thought when it's 10 nothing, I thought they might lose. I thought to myself, you know what? This is a lesson, and you have to build your team. And that was, you know, like always, we're, we're preparing our show in our minds. That's what we do in our, in our industry. And I remember thinking, you have – this is a reminder that you have to build your entire team, not just part of your team. And, and, they're, learning, and they're learning that lesson. And they won anyway, but I'll bet you the one – we'll get to the 49ers in a moment. But I think the one thing that comes out of it for the Chiefs is they're appreciably better at wide receiver – next year regardless of how they do it i mean it'd be hard to go backwards i mean you know i i think obviously they'll release tony rasheed rice may have something uh although i He's good w- i wouldn't make a point of arguing to patrick mahomes that you were open <laughs> what about uh, that? late in the game even but, though he was yeah you don't that's you not don't do what that. you do yeah. no um but uh but i mean so he could turn into a, a really quality player for them kelsey's already said he's coming back so that certainly will help them supplement uh the receiving core uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would think pick number 32 has got a great chance to be a receiver, maybe even their second, third round. Uh, and, and they'll obviously be attractive to free agents. It doesn't seem like they've got tons of money to spend. But, uh, you know, but they're the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'll just, I mean, like DJ Chark to me would be a factor on their team. Like he's not a very good receiver, but for what they have, like he might be right now their second best receiver well if i'm dj chark i would and i don't think it'll be him but i would tell my agent yeah i'll take five million to go play in in kansas city and i would imagine there'll be receivers of even a higher level uh that are available that say you know what you know i wouldn't mind uh i wouldn't mind playing my games in arrowhead so i i I think they'll solve that and uh yeah and then it just comes back to you know, defensively, will they be as strong? I, there's no reason to think they'll have a major drop-off. And, again, special teams-wise, they're as good as anybody. So, I mean, they're, to me, I was surprised when I saw the early lines uh, had San Francisco as the uh, as the favorite. I, I Again, I just don't know how you can possibly justify that. Uh, as long as Kansas City still has Mahomes – I uh, there's they should be the favorite. I so said that shocked me too. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. It, I, it never made sense that they were the underdog in the Super Bowl, and uh, and it doesn't make sense now that the 49ers are are the the odds-on favorite to win the Super. Based on what? I mean, based on what would you would any person say? I think San Francisco has a better chance to win the Super Bowl next year than Kansas City. So yeah, they'll be right back in it. I mean, they'll you know that this was the blip to your point earlier. So. I, you know, my guess is they'll be the one seed next year and they'll win their games in Arrowhead, be right back in the Super Bowl and have a great chance to three-peat. What's crazy to me is the Chiefs started the year not knowing if Chris Jones was going to sign the deal and play for them, yet he ended up being one of the most important pieces on their team. And as I look at this team in Jacksonville, I feel like that's what the Jaguars need to draft is someone to play defensive tackle like Chris Jones if you can get that person with number 17. I forgot about that. I forgot about the fact that they – He was uh, sitting in a suite yeah, that's in, right. like, for the game against the Yeah, they Lions. lost the opener. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right. It feels like it was six years ago. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it, it does. That's because that was pre-Taylor Swift. Yeah. But you're exactly right. I'd forgotten about that. So, uh, I agree. I think the Chiefs will be very good, and they'll be the team to beat again in the AFC. Whoever's making the odds, get the odds right, they'll be the team to beat. I think the 49ers have something. I think the 49ers are maybe the most physical team in football. I don't see where that – everyone's – there's always going to be some transition because we're in the age of free agency, but I don't see that changing significantly. I think the 49ers have a toughness to them. I also think 
the NFC, in my opinion, doesn't have a lot of doesn't have the kind of resistance that the AFC does. Um, I'm not sure what to think of the Cowboys. I'm still not. I know they've won 12 games. We had this conversation last week. They've won 12 games three years in a row in the regular season. I'm not sure Dak Prescott is the guy that's going to get you to the promised land of the postseason. The Eagles fell off the fell off the, the map. Certainly the Packers look like the next big thing, and, and, and Jordan Love looks like the next big thing. But I want to see it again before I'm convinced they are the next big thing. I, I So I think – the 49ers, are the, they're, they're, right now they're the king of the prom because I don't think there's another king contender. What about the Lions? you like them? Maybe. I, there's, I, but i got to see that again, too. Yeah, I do. Of course I do because they're very good. And they, they were one win away. But I'm going to need to see that again. I, 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 need, I think Dan Campbell's a good coach despite the fourth down tries in, 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 in the championship game. I think he's a good coach. But, Hayes, I'm going to need to see that again. I, I'm going I'm to need to see Jared Goff get deep again. I think Jared Goff's just okay. I think he had a great year. I think they did a great job with him. I think the fact that Ben Johnson is still there helps him. But, yeah, I I, I just don't think there's a lot of resistance in the NFC. There I, isn't. Because I don't know where it is. Honestly, if it's not the Lions, who is it? And the 49ers are legit now. They're tough, physical. They'd be just as good in the AFC. You know, I think Brock Purdy played fine. I think Brock Purdy is a good player. I think he's going to be Kirk Cousins. And I think Kirk Cousins is damn good. And so I think he's going to be a damn good player. But I don't know that he's ever going to be. Kirk Cousins was never going to be the best quarterback in the league. Good good player, though. Damn good player. Top 10, whatever, wherever you've had him over the years. Um, but I think that's where we're I think that's where, and I, and, and by the way, who wouldn't want that on a team that's otherwise good anyway? But that's where I think, that's where I think we're, what we're going to see from the 49ers and from Brock Purdy. It feels like right now, if, if I was to ask y'all, who's going to be in the next year's Super Bowl, it sure feels like Chiefs 49ers. Yeah. Because, yes, the resistance is a little bit less in the NFC, but also they have a super talented team. I mean, Christian McCaffrey should have gotten the ball, obviously, early in the second half last night. He makes things happen when there's nothing to be gained. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think the 49ers are really good in Brock Purdy. I think you can win a Super Bowl with him. And the beauty of the NFL, they've got the NFL has cracked the code. Their, their scheduling mechanism that has first-place teams play a first-place schedule and whatnot begets pa- parity. You're going to have parity because you have that, because the system is so good, because the plan is so good. So someone's coming out of nowhere next year. The Vikings are going to re-sign Cousins or go sign someone to be pretty good. The Seahawks, you know, someone's going to come out of nowhere and be good. Multiple teams will. Well, that, that's, that's correct. correct yeah. But good and championship good are two different things. So, yeah. I still think the 49ers, there's a, I think Shanahan's a really good coach. I think there's a real toughness to them. I think there's a physicality with how they play. And for, for all those reasons, yeah, I think the 49ers, if you, I'm with you. If you ask me next year, I'd say Chiefs and 49ers. The AFC is more interesting because there's so many teams that have a chance to be really good. There's so many teams. Boy, the wind's starting to pick up here. Have you noticed that? I just saw a trash can get blown over. That's why I thought that. And palm trees are swaying. <laughs> um, I, uh. But there's so many teams in the in the AFC that can. I mean, the Ravens are still really good. The uh, the Texans came on. I haven't given up on this team in this city. I I think there's a lot of teams that have a chance. Bengals and Bills. The Bengals and Bills are very good. The Chargers so, now with Harbaugh. Yeah, the they're, they're, at the very least, they're very intriguing, aren't they? So uh, who knows? In the the Chiefs are still the best, but as expected, as always, great resistance coming up in that conference. Yeah, and and the thing is, I don't know that we'll see anything significant enough in the offseason to change 
the hierarchy in, in either conference. I mean, if the biggest pieces that are going to get moved this offseason are Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, all right, I, I don't know that that's going to swing the pendulum dramatically one way or another. Somebody could certainly get some steal in the draft, and, and, and that could change some things. But, you know, for the most part, I think it's going to be fairly static. I, I don't think the free agent crop is particularly strong. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any, anything there that's going to radically shake things up. So I, I think it's going to be the usual suspects. Uh, the other thing, too, is the contenders don't, don't seem to have really aging rosters. Uh, no one's in, I'd say, of, of the teams that are right at the top. No one's in dramatically bad cap shape, so they're not. You know, it, it looks like everybody's going to be able to keep their chips in and uh, and you know do whatever they can to to win the Lombardi. So, I, uh, you know, I, I think it's an off season that's probably not on the level of blockbuster that we have seen in the last couple of years. So, because of that, I think the the teams that did well this year are going to be right back in a position to to do great things again next year. We'll take a break. When we come back, what about the Jaguars? After what we have seen, how and where do the Jaguars fit, and what do they have to get done based on what you saw yesterday? Let's talk Jaguars football after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm the kind of brother who's been doing it my way, getting my bed for years. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. We sure thank our friends from The Best Bet. Destination Run Good Poker Series is coming to the Best Bet Jacksonville. That's a good series now. March 14th through the 24th. Satellites into it start on March 2nd. All kind of fun stuff going on at the Best Bet. And don't forget, Leap Day is at all those Best Bet locations on February 29th. They're giving away $29,000 high hands from 2 p.m. until midnight. The Best Bet does a great job. And you come out of the ball yard here, you can hang out in one of those Best Bet fun zones. We're still building them, but we're getting there, and they're going to be absolutely gorgeous. Frangie and Carline, Lauren Brooks with you. Clay and Paxson playing softball. Try and get you some score updates. I apologize. We don't have scoreboards yet, so I can't look at the score and scoreboards and tell you, but we will get you updates. Clay and Paxson to our left on the softball field. Uh, Wolfson and Providence to our right on the baseball field. We'll continue to update you on, on the scores as we uh, kind of continue along here. Uh, first day of the Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball Classic. And uh, we're excited you're out here uh, uh, if you come by, a good crowd, by the way. I see the crowd filling in and continuing to fill in, so it's uh, great to have a terrific crowd out here um, already. So it's a good start. All right, so those Jacksonville Jaguars, Lauren, I'll start with you. Did your opinion of what the Jags need to get done change watching yesterday? Did it maybe just re-emphasize re or reinforce what you already believed? Because we all picture the Jags when we watch that game, right? We all picture the Jags. Yeah, you try and figure how, yeah. figure how they stack up. What jumped off the page for you given that? Well, I think it's exactly what we've talked about all season pretty much and off season. The lines of scrimmage for both the 49ers and the Chiefs are five times better than the lines of scrimmage for the Jaguars. And that's how you make it to the Super Bowl is you're able to protect your quarterback, you're able to run the football, and certainly you're able to get after the quarterback and stop their run. And the Jaguars have got to address that, whether it's free agency or the drafts, but obviously there's multiple positions of need on both. And so to me, watching, like I said earlier, Chris Jones, the Jaguars have got to find a guy 
like him to disrupt uh, the other team's offense. And then I've been very focused on receiver and corner as the kind of the other two positions. Corner, I think sh that also showed you the Chiefs secondary was so incredibly talented all season long and again last night. And so that, I think, is a, a position of need, and that maybe jumps up a little bit for me. And then receiver, well, if you have Mahomes, receiver doesn't matter. I don't think the Jaguars have anyone like Mahomes. I think Trevor Lawrence is super talented, but you still need good receivers. So if Calvin Ridley's not back, I think receivers still a need. I can't accuse you of stealing my notes because you couldn't read them anyway. <laughs> we, 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 we've established that, that you wouldn't be able to read my handwriting. Um, but the one thing that changed for me, I, I still think physicality is everything. You, and, and what we saw yesterday, what we really saw yesterday is those two teams are good at the line of scrimmage, man. And I still think focus, 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 Hayes, interior offensive line, interior defensive line, get physical, get tough. Um, yes, 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 and yes. But you said it, Lauren. When, I, when, I, when, I, when the game was over and I'd walked away from having watched the game, I thought, boy, they have some cover corners in that thing, didn't they? You know, And even though I think Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams were a nice pair, but, hey, that's one thing that jumped off the page for me, watching those, particularly those Kansas City corners, man. That uh, I, I walked away and said, See, everybody's had the Jags mocked at corner. Everyone's got the Jags mocked. And I have, been, I have pushed back on that. But, boy, oh, boy, those, 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 two, those two cornerbacks for the Chiefs are really good. And maybe that is some. Maybe I've been off the mark a little bit on that one. Yeah, and to their credit, they found, uh, well, at least Sneed was a fourth rounder. Uh, McDuffie, obviously, they took very high. I, I think in, in those are all great points, and there's a number of avenues that this team could go. Um, if it's me at 17, to me, you're only going to beat Patrick Mahomes if, if you bloody him and if you are able to put pressure on him that is just otherworldly. And I, I would, if I was the Jaguars, I would employ the Giants model that they uh, had under Coughlin where they had Strahan and Yuminura and go, right. go Justin Tuck and go down the list. So for me, if, if, if I'm sitting there at 17 – and Jared versus there, I do cartwheels to turn that pick in. I think you, you have Josh Allen who will be back. You have Trayvon Walker going into year three. And then if you give me Jared verse, now I've got three guys that I feel like all can get after the quarterback And because uh, I think Jared Verse is going to be a star in the NFL. And I don't know that he'll be there at 17, but a player like that. Uh, so obviously they could go a number of avenues. My hope is that they solve a lot of the interior stuff in free agency. Uh, and they could also address it in the second, third round, and beyond. Uh, and it's it's hard to argue corner, but for me, it's I, I look at a pass rush that is aching for some support for the two stars, and uh, and I think that's got to be priority number one. It's certainly important, and especially the question becomes, Frank, does Trayvon Walker change positions? And if he does, then you are moving edge up a lot higher on your board. It's just truly, I guess, than a defensive end if you're switching to a 4-3. You sure you're not looking? You're definitely okay. I definitely not looking. Because then that, that does change what you have defensively, and obviously new defensive coordinator Brian Nielsen has to try and figure all that stuff out too. What if this happened? Stay with me. Will you stay with me? I'll try. You, you, you okay? We okay? We, can we His bond? headset's connected. He can, can't can, go Can anywhere. we bond for a minute? Can we, can, <laughs> and I, I, I never allow myself. That's not true. But I try not to allow myself to dream too much you said earlier in the show the very first segment the jags are definitely going to the super bowl so you're dreaming hey, maybe i dreamed a little <laughs> um but 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 what if just what if 
They loaded up the Brinks truck, the Jalen Ramsey Brinks truck, and they did wind up with Daniel Hunter, and they moved Trayvon to tackle. Just, just, just stay, stay with me. Just dream with me for a second. What? A, and I know they got to pay Josh Allen and Trevor, and they may, they, they may never do that. But again, that's my dream. Can you imagine if they could do that? Because I saw somewhere where they're linked to one of the teams. They're one of the teams interested. Well, of course they're one. Everybody's one of the teams that are interested. But what if they went four three, and Daniel Hunter became the end, the four three end, then opposite Trayvon? I don't think I think they're going to go four three, and Trayvon's going to be their, their their big end. But but again, I'm dreaming here, okay? And Trayvon went down inside. How good would that be? Be fantastic. That's it's what they have to do. It's you can, something like that. Uh, well, again, to, it's a big part of what doomed them this year. Yeah. I mean, is the stubbornness to do anything to supplement. The pass rush, and and that was without knowing what Josh Allen was going to give you, which obviously was incredible and beyond anyone's expectations. I, but you still have to have more than just two guys, and right now that's all they have. Dewan Smoot is just not. You can't view him that way. Certainly, you can't view Caleb on Chase on that way, uh, and he's not going to be here anyway. So, I mean, you've got to find supplemental pass rush I'm look if they can find an interior defensive tackle that can give it to them that's great but I, I think in the easiest way to get it is move Trayvon inside take a player at 17 like Jared verse if they're there and now you've got something that can really disrupt the quarterback uh, on a consistent level from multiple uh, sides and to me it's I don't know that they'll do it because I mean for nine months, I kept waiting. When is the pass rush going to come? And there, what, there were a litany of options. And, and Trent Baalke, at every turn, said, nope, I'm good with DeWan Smoot coming off an Achilles and Caleb on Chason, who's done next to nothing in this league. That's enough for me. And it was a gross miscalculation that was part of the reason that they underachieved. It absolutely was. Neil Hunter had 16 and a half sacks this past season. So you add that with Josh Allen's 17 and a half. Be good. So you think that'd be good? And I'm not saying so Trayvon had with, a great with, season with 10 sacks for right. sure. But if you had him inside getting right. some certain I think sacks, he can I get mean, 10 sacks inside. Inside. Yeah. And if that's the case, then yeah. Then you but, do but need again, to add Again, everybody rusher. in the world. Number one, I don't know if the Vikings going to let him go. And if and, and they're not repayment. And, I don't, and everybody in the world wants him. I get it. I'm dreaming. But I just thought about it because I saw him connected. I thought, can you imagine if they did that with this? I'm I not, think Verse can be Hunter. Yeah, and, he, and you might be right, Bella. You may, you may be able to do it in the draft. I love Verse, too. I'm with you on that. You may be able to do it in the draft. But I'm just thinking, can you imagine the buzz in Jaguar Nation if Daniil Hunter signed a gigantic deal with the Jags and they re-upped Josh Allen? And everything else stayed the same. Now you you got to get better on the offensive front. I know that. You gotta, you gotta, but you got to draft. You, you do have draft picks. But, you know, I mean, I just – But you don't want all rookies on that offense. I agree line. with that. I'd like, to, I'd like to see a veteran. But, I, but, but, as I, but just as I think through it, I thought I, – you know, you always see this. The Jags are one of the teams interested in. The Jags are one of the teams – that's, that's what Twitter does. But I got myself thinking about that one. It's what Twitter does, but to Hayes' point, it's not what Balky does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. But so, but I, so I thought about that. So I thought, what, what, man, just what if. So, all right, so we'll see. Uh, the Super Bowl behind us, the Chiefs win it. Uh, the Chiefs win it again. Will they three-peat? No one's ever three-peated, right? There's never been a That's three-peat. Right. There's never been a three-peat. I they, thought the Cowboys did. Not, three, mm-hmm. not in a row. The, the, no, the, no one's ever had three in a row. No one's ever done three in a row. There's been some two. Like the Steelers won two. There's been some win. three in four years. Yeah, the yeah, Steelers won two, didn't win two, and then won two more. 
The Cowboys say, but, but I don't think anyone's ever won three in a row. No. So, uh, so we'll see whether or not they do it or not, and we'll see what happens with the Jags. What a great football season. That's the only sad part is um, – The drought I, is here. Yeah, when, when, uh, when, uh, when Hardman caught that ball, the first thought was, wow, what a game. The second thought was, well – we don't get to do this again until August, right? That, that, that went through my, your mind, and it can certainly ran through mine. I recorded it so I can watch it every night until football starts. We will take a break. When we come back, uh, what a big win for the Gators who once again beat Auburn in Gainesville. That stat about, night is it 1998? Is that yes. the stat? The last time Auburn's won it, that doesn't mean they've played there every year. What a, what a sig- if the Kentucky win was a signature win, Whoa. This, this was there comes the win. Here was the signature performance by me. <laughs> Definitely by you. Catching the part of the tent and by the Gator basketball team. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. It is a Best Bet Monday here on The Frangie Show. We are live here at the Bragan Baseball Complex. From Frangie Hayes Carlin, I'm Owen Brooks. RJ Saunders back at Tenton XL headquarters. About to talk about the Fordermans yep. basketball just crushing of Auburn. Uh, but before that, Frank, you went golfing with Red Solo Cups on Saturday? You know, we did. Thanks for bringing that up. My buddies and I are all big Toby Keith fans. You know, we all, we all have our carts, and we all have music in the cart. We all have speakers. And you you heard, and we're all playing our Toby Keith. So it's Toby Keith on all four <laughs> speakers, all, all Toby Keith the whole time. I love it. And the, all Toby Keith. The only thing I had a Toby, I did a Toby Keith, but you kind of taught me how Spotify works. Mm-hmm. So at one point, my Toby Keith radio ran out and it played other country so it does that sometimes yep. so but, uh, but it, it was great and yeah we said so uh so one my, my one buddy said we have to drink beer we have to drink beer in honor of toby keith so i said well you know what if we're going to drink beer in honor of toby keith there's only one way to do it so i texted my wife and i said would you put we go by the house because we have i said would you please have four red solo cups Put them out in the mailbox. Zip by, picked them up. Perfect. And we uh, we uh, played golf in honor of Toby Keith. It was a lot of fun. So beautiful. By the way, beautiful day for golf too. Yeah, Saturday. absolutely. We've had some really really nice weather. All right. So Florida did win 81-65, and uh, that was a fun game to watch if you're a Gator. Fan. Let me say this now, and I don't. We we can become prone to hyperbole, and this recency bias, and I tried to really guard against that. And I, and I thought about that before I came on today with this. They've got something there now. There's there's something there's something there with this Florida basketball team. I don't know how well they'll do. I don't know how deep they're going, but there's something there now. That this is, you got guards. How good is Zion Pullen? I mean, he is. He's one of, he's one of the better point guards in the country. I mean, he's really good. And twenty consecutive games in double figures. And boy, twenty. And boy, it feels like Dan Cross, Craig Brown, the big physical point guard that can do a lot of things. The dead eye shooter at the two. For for Gators that remember 1994, this feels like Cross and Brown to me, man. It really does. There's something there. They're long. The Auburn is known for big. Florida outbigged Auburn. That's what I didn't see coming. They outbigged them. And I, and I, and I, you out you out big Auburn. You're pretty dang good. And Florida outbigged Auburn. Michael I, I thought, Hanlogged had his best game. Best of game the he's season. had. A, best game as a Gator. Yeah. Best game as a Gator. And I thought they outbigged Auburn. They outphysicaled them. They outtoughed them. Now listen. In fairness to Auburn, this does happen. You have an emotional win uh, against your absolute arch rival on a Wednesday, and you have to go on the road and play a team 
that just had the week off. That's a big part of that. And in, in, in fairness to Auburn's really good. Most teams are going to lose, or many teams are going to lose in that setting. And in, in, in fairness to Auburn, that's, that is how it works. And a team that had lost a one-point game and was stung. Right, that's right. So, so of all the things, and Florida had a week to get that fixed. So, so the, the, the odds were stacked against Auburn, in fairness. But there's something there, Hayes. There's something, I don't know how deep, the, they're going to get in the tournament. Um, it now sets up for them. I think they're going to beat LSU tomorrow night. That gets them to 17-7 and 7 and 7-4 seven and four in the league. And listen, after that, they've got – they then still have two Vanderbilts in a Missouri. I think they're winning all those. They play at Georgia Saturday. I think that game's stickier than other people think it is. I Georgia's think collapsed. They have collapsed. I just – that one makes me nervous. But they have. They've lost four in a row, five out of six. Um, and then they got the three games against Alabama and South Carolina. South Carolina's obviously really good. And out, so the two teams leading the league. Yeah, and they got and they have three games left against them. Yeah, but other than that, they could win the rest of. They could, and by the way, I'm not sure Alabama beats them in Gainesville because they've now become a really good home team, and so I think there's something there. Bruce I, Pearl doesn't think they're going to. Yeah, he said yeah. this team isn't going to lose again at home. Yeah, this year. The, I'm tell, he did say I'm tell, I'm telling you there is Hayes. There's something there. I'm trying not to be too caught up in it, but I've watched it enough now. That there's something there. That wasn't fluky. That wasn't officials' calls. And again, Auburn, the emotion of it is real. But that they were up. They were up 29 points against all. They were up 29 points against one of the best teams in the country. He's got something. Uh, there's, he's got something there in Gainesville. He does. Yeah, Auburn scored 65 points in the game. Florida had its 66 point with 12:51 remaining. Yeah. Uh, and so it was. Uh, it was. It was beautiful basketball. They're starting to settle into their roles really well. Uh, Pullen is certainly consistent. Clayton's consistent. The two of them had 39 points, 12 boards, four assists, two steals, and only one turnover. Hand logged in is really bringing it toughness. He doesn't look like Finally. he'd be tough. Finally. But he's playing tough and uh, gave him great 27 minutes, four points, nine boards, five blocks, three steals. Had an assist, didn't commit a turnover. So I think they're settling in. What, what I've learned about this team I think the pivot point in every game is Riley Kugel and Will Richard. They need one of those two guys to play well. If they get one of those two guys to play well, they're going to be really, really difficult to beat because of the consistency of everybody else. And Saturday it was Kugel who had 22. By the way, if he hits that alley-oop to Samuel, <laughs> they're still cheering. Right, yeah. right That right, would right. have been the yeah, sickest alley-oop yeah. in right. program History. Yeah, what a he could have taken it that. himself. Like he yeah. could have dunked it himself. So yeah, he was going oh. for the show-stopping. That play. pass was gorgeous. That pass was yeah. gorgeous. Uh, and so, and, and he had obviously the four-point play. Uh, he he's got an electrifying ability, maybe more so than anybody else on the roster. He's just way too inconsistent, which is also what Richard is. Richard has the ability to hit four threes in three minutes of playing time, uh, in a three-minute stretch, but. You know, he also has the ability to not give you much. So where I've kind of figured with them is if they can get either Kugel or Richard to play well, everything else is usually there. And I really like Hauk. I mean, you need role players. You get deep in to the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament, those seven minutes, those role player guys that can come in and give you something. Hawk played 14 minutes the other day and had five offensive rebounds. I mean, those are sort of the glue things that you need to have to have a really special team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I look at their final eight games. I think six and two is, is certainly attainable. Uh, five and three, I think, would be the, the, the bare minimum. And anything below that, then, then they're going to be in some trouble. But 
They've shown no ability to play down to opponents. They've won all the games against mediocre to, to bad teams that they've played. So if that trend continues, then, yeah, they should beat LSU. They should beat Georgia. They should certainly sweep Vandy, and they should beat Missouri. And that would probably be enough right there to, to solidify their place. But I think that I do think they'll probably split against Alabama. And who knows? Obviously, they could go to South Carolina and win that game. So you have to like how they're rounding into form. Yeah, February is a good time to start playing really good basketball. Uh, and certainly Florida's been doing that. Frank, I think the surprise player to me, certainly Hanlogden had such a good game, but Alex Condon has given this team more than I expected just based off of you know knowing his past and, and Australia and all that stuff. I think he's really good. So to your point, as far as just in general, Todd Golden, I think unlike Napier with football, Gators fans have to be thinking that Todd yeah. Golden is the answer for them at, at their head basketball coach position. Let me point out something you guys both just did. You brought up Thomas Houck, freshman. You brought up Condon, freshman. Do you remember this, Hayes? They signed E.J. Jarvis, transfer from Yale, about a 6'7 guy. Was a fifth-year guy, graduate, real good player at Yale. And then all of a sudden he was gone. He, before the season started, he's given up basketball. And, Hayes, you, through your contacts, I didn't hear this, but you heard this, and then I, I think it was true, that, that he was the first guy, his first transfer that you told us this on the air. He was the first transfer they signed. And then when they got a lot of good players, he probably saw the writing on the wall. They weren't going to play as much. You're not going to go in your fifth year when you're a really smart guy and you're going to make it in business. Why would you go sit on the bench or whatever? Well, part of that was those freshmen. Part of that was those two big freshmen are bigger than him, more athletic than him, jumped higher than him, longer than him. So he probably wasn't going to play much. You're right. And Houck's their eighth guy. When you're, Condon's their seventh guy. Houck's the eighth guy. When your eighth guy plays like that, then you've got something special. I thought Kugel played free and easy the most he has this year. Last year, what made him so good is they weren't any good. He was their best player. So he just played free and easy. It was like, go have fun. That's right. This year, he had been playing. There's all the pressure, all the tension. So I thought he was playing tight. And then he would try and do too much. He kept turning it over because I thought he was free and easy. He took shots in rhythm, which he had not been doing. Man, I mean, when he plays well. So, I, again, I, I th- you don't always win the ones you're supposed to win. I think they're going to beat LSU tomorrow night, even though that would be the perfect game for a letdown, the perfect letdown game, but I don't think they're going LSU to. LSU can't play defense. Right, they're like, not So very against good. this team, Florida might score 105. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they're going to win at Georgia because I watched that. I was at that Georgia-Florida game before, and it was close. I know Georgia's tumbling, but I think that one's going to be closer than you guys think. I think that's going to be a good game. Um, but there's – so I'm not convinced they win. I'm not convinced they're winning any, any games. I'm pretty convinced they're going to beat LSU. And frankly, I'm pretty convinced they're going to win the home game against Missouri and Vanderbilt. I'm not convinced they don't go up there, even though Vanderbilt's not very good, and mess up up there. I'm not convinced because it's hard on the road. But the bottom line is they're going to win most of them. That, that's what I do think. I think he – and he's a good coach. He is a good – so Roxy Bernstein and I are texting yesterday. Roxy Roxy's one of the prominent ESPN play-by-play guys. He works with Bill Walton. There's all the, all the, thir- the West Coast games. And he and Todd are really good friends. They spent holiday, their family spent holidays together on the West Coast. And, and so – and they're pretty close. And and we got texting. And before I could text Roxy, you were right about this guy. He texts me, what did I tell you? And I'm telling you, Hayes, there, who knows where this guy's going? Who, who, to your point, you made a minute ago, Lauren, about the Gator fans saying they may have their guy. I hate to jump this early, but he's a good coach, man. He is a, he's today's coach. They run, they play fast. That's what, and you know what, Hayes? He's going to get players to come because that's how they want to play. 
You know, they're, they're, he's, he's, it's a Big 12 offense. You know, people want to play. You know, so, uh, yeah, there, there, there's, there's something there. So we'll see what winds up happening. Uh, local basketball, UNF, two tough losses. Suddenly UNF struggling a little bit, which you can do. JU, uh, two big wins. So JU's won two. Uh, both, uh, it was Central Arkansas and North, and North Alabama. Both came to town to play both of them. And JU, JU had not been playing well, won both of them. UNF lost both of them. No coincidence that JU is winning with Bryce Workman back and in Bryce, the And Bryce Workman's playing very well, so that made them better. Very disturbing what happened in the JU game. I don't know if you guys followed the story or not. Did you guys see the story? I hey, did. did you see the story? Uh, I saw the official got banned for the rest of the season. So, so apparently, early in the game, Jordan Mincy complained. I mean, early in the game, Jordan Mincy complained about a call. And, and the, the ref teed him up. Well, to get teed up four minutes into the game, Either you said something really bad or the official was really out to get you. Now, I don't know, but, I mean, nobody gets teed up four minutes into a game. You, you usually – most officials will tell you, I'm going to let it – I'm going to let it breathe a little bit. I'm going to let – now, if the guy won't shut up 12 minutes into the game, then i got to tee him up to get this thing under control. So, he got teed up three or four minutes into the game. And then I don't know what the official said to Jordan – but Jordan lost his mind and got ejected. Went straight to the AD, said, can you believe he said that to me? Gets ejected. Game ends. JU wins. Michael Fly, the former Gulf Coast coach, ran the team. He's the associated coach. And then a day later, the A-Sun suspends the official for what he said to Jordan Mincy. I have no idea what he said. We can guess. But I have no idea of I I don't know. I read the word slur. Put it yeah, that way. yeah. It was a. I can only imagine, and they didn't identify the official, and I'm glad they did it. Yeah. Uh, Gary Smith, who's a damn good reporter, reported like he should have. He reported that here's the three officials that worked the game. That's his job, by the way, is to report the three officials. I thought I thought Smitter did a great job. Mm-hmm. He did, you know, he 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 handled it perfectly. Here's the three officials that played. They didn't name they didn't name which official it was. Anybody that was at the game could have seen who 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 teed him up. That's disturbing. I don't know what happened. I don't, I'm not going to act like I know more than I do. But that is a, Hayes, that's a disturbing happenstance, uh, to say the very least. Yeah, and I mean, the guy will never, you know, work as an official That's again, what I wonder. That's what I wonder. He shouldn't. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is unfortunate. And luckily, JU was able to overcome the adversity and, and win a, a crucial game because now they've dug their sel- themselves out of the, the hole, so to speak. They're now in the top ten. Uh, in the A-Sun, so they've played their way into the tournament uh, if they can keep this going. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, obviously no place for that in sports. Yeah, I'm glad that the A-Sun acted with such swiftness in the matter because of how grave I think the situation was. And so I I think it's great that he is now suspended for the rest of the season. I'm sorry that Jordan had to go through that because Jordan could not be a nicer. Well, that's the thing. See, see, we really know him. Sure. All right, and you can argue all you want about did he do a good job of coaching this, 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 but we all really know Jordan Mincy. That's a good dude, man. That 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 is a for him to get that upset at whatever was or wasn't said to him. That I'm telling you, I know Jordan, man. He is. You've heard him on our show. You've heard him on other shows. 
Uh, that, that's a regular. That's a regular guy, man. We are lucky to have those two guys. Absolutely, Matthew, Hall of Fame human being. Matthew Driscoll and Jordan Mincy is, is the two who like each other very much too. By the way, that was a so. And, and who knows what was what was said? Uh, but my goodness, that that was that was bothersome. And I'm with you. I, I'm glad the the A Sun was very swift in its up. By the way, this week, UNF at Queens, Wednesday, 7 p.m., and then JU travels to Kennesaw State Wednesday, also 7 p.m., so two important Big games, game, very big games. And, yep. again, in a week from Friday, um, we'll be at the second Rumble, UNF at JU. And, boy, that by then you know that game's going to be very important as both teams are trying to, A, make sure they're in the conference tournament, and, B, uh, battle for seeding in it. So we'll see what winds up happening. Let's take a break. Let's get it back to the Super Bowl. we got an hour to go. Uh, we'll reset it. We'll uh, – re-rack uh, our Super Bowl talk. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the champions of the uh, NFL. That and a whole lot more after this. Hey, we're live here at the uh, Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball, High School and Softball Baseball Classic. We've got Wolfs and Providence battling it out on the baseball side. Clay and Paxson battling it out on the softball side. we got an hour to go in the program. This is 1010XL and it's 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. First and goal. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. Wrap it up, Tony. Nance is trying to make a call. Uh, boy, what a uh, what a magnificent moment, uh, Patrick Mahomes to Mecole Hardman. What a great story Mecole Hardman was this season. I uh, was with the Jets, comes back, catches the game winner in the Super Bowl, three yards, touchdown, first and goal, a 13-play, 75-yard drive that took 7-19 off the clock. That is our Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Again, give our friends at Sky Life Elite a call, 490 490- 9332 or find them at flyskylife.com consider private air charter for your next adventure yeah they're the best in the business and uh, if you want to fly uh without having to wait in line without having to wait without having to stand uh if you want to do it the right way and do it the comfortable way drive over to craig field get out of your car get on the plane go is that about it? That's about did it. I, did I leave out any steps? No. The That's, simplicity. Yeah. See that? that it's the simplicity <laughs> that we love. <laughs> it absolutely is. No uh, no layovers? No, any no, of that no, stuff. No, exactly right. So thanks to our friends at Sky Life Elite. Hey, we're live at the uh, Walk-Off Charities uh, uh, High School Baseball and Softball Classic. Two games going on right now. Wolfson in Providence playing on the baseball side. Paxton and Clay playing on the softball side. Weather is held up. It looks like it is, uh, at least for game one tonight. On the baseball side, Lauren, who do we have playing tonight? I know on the baseball side tonight we've got Pontevedra, and this is exceptional. Now, Pontevedra is playing uh, Bishop Snyder. Pontevedra pat, pitcher pet Matt Hogue. Uh, Snyder pitcher Aiden King. They are going to Florida State and Florida, respectively. All right, so that's so you talk about. And, and by the way, I'm told, but that there will be. Get this, Hayes. But serious about this. 
between 10 and 12 scouts will be here tonight. That's cool. awesome. So you, you'll see radar guns all in that. You want to see some radar guns? The radar guns will all be on that grandstand tonight because they're, in fact, um, someone asked me earlier, said, did you, did you block out a, an area for the scouts? And I said, well, no, because we didn't think to. So, <laughs> so, so, so apparently that's a, that's a thing. So, uh, but uh, They'll have to be in with the, the rest of the people. Uh, but, uh, but seriously, I think uh, if the weather holds up and we play tonight, mm-hmm. again, there, there's a front coming through, um, it'll be two of the best players in Jacksonville, two of the hardest-throwing pitchers in Jacksonville. Now you'll send your report to the Pirates yeah. tonight. Oh, of course. Tonight, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. that's the one scout we did make room for. Okay. <laughs> the other scouts are all out there. They're in the parking lot. We did have one yeah. seat. We, yeah. we, we, we I sa- saw his parking <laughs> we space. One, we saved one seat. Yeah. Pirate scout only. <laughs> uh, so in softball tonight, you've got Episcopal versus First Coast. So that also, right. like baseball, comes up at 7 p.m. Uh, there's your front that's going to move through and should hopefully be out of here probably a little after 7. That's what I would guess. You have a cousin that was a very good softball player at Episcopal once upon a time, right? I do, yeah. And then she went on to play uh, college softball at Queens uh, before they were in the A-Sun. But, yeah, so it's it's certainly a a great area, I think, for both baseball and softball uh, players in in town. And it's been fun to watch this this, both of these games going on while the show's been going on. It really is. Skylife Elite uh, take flight was the – Chiefs winning it, uh, uh, the play that won it. Uh, what do you take from uh, one more championship from Pat- the great Patrick Mahomes? I, I mean, obviously he's on pace. I mean, people can get upset by the comparison to Brady all they want. He's further ahead than Brady was at this point. So I don't think it's out of bounds at all. And I wouldn't put it past Patrick Mahomes to still be playing at a really high level when he's 42. So that's 14 more years. I uh, Stands to reason that he's in prime position to catch and perhaps pass Tom Brady. It's, it's funny to me. It's, it's almost the same conversation with Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Like, I don't think it's out of bounds to say Kirby Smart could catch or surpass Nick Saban. Well, Mahomes is even further along. And uh, I absolutely think it's not too early to be talking about him being the greatest player of all time. I mean, this was – this was phenomenal the year that he put up considering what was around him. And, yeah, it was a great team championship. The defense was sensational all year. The special teams were incredible last night. And, really, you can, break, you can say they, they don't win the game without the blocked PAT, without the punt going off of the guy's foot and, mm-hmm. and recovering it. Uh, Townsend, we talked about, was phenomenal punting the ball. Buckner was amazing kicking it. So, I mean, Mahomes had help. No, no one's suggesting he doesn't, but it's still, he's just, it, it, what's so impressive about him, and it's, what, it's exactly what Jordan was. He can have a bad first half offensively, where it, you look at, they go in the locker room, and it's like, boy, they, they've got, like, no momentum. But then he can come back out and have this incredible second half and make every play that he has to make. I mean, on fourth and one, was there any doubt he was keeping the ball? No. Not at all. And he he got way more than what he needed. Had another big run late in that drive. It's almost like there's certain things that he just saves until until they've just got to have it. And he knows it'll be there because he hasn't thrown that ace yet. And he's just he's a sensational player. And I would not be the least bit surprised that if the day he retires, he's got more championships than Brady, and he's recognized as. The best player to ever do yeah. it. I well, mean, uh, some of Brady's rings, he was kind of along for the ride early. Because mm-hmm. uh, of the defense. None of those have – all three 
Mahomes championships, this was the one he got the most help in. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's been remarkable. Yeah, I, I, to me, I can't argue that Mahomes is on the path to seven Super Bowls. We'll see if things change, if he doesn't play for as long, all those things. But for the here and now, he's definitely on that path. What's crazy to me, Frank, is the Chiefs win with Mahomes throwing an interception and with Travis Kelsey screaming at the head coach. If that happened on any other team, because Purdy obviously didn't throw a pick, if that happens on any other team, they don't win the Super Bowl, but they're able to overcome it. Yeah, no question. And listen, the uh, back, back to the Mahomes stuff, this is – forget Brady. Brady's the greatest of all time. This isn't the race to be compared with Brady in my mind. This is the race to one day maybe have more rings than anybody, regardless of who the anybody was. He's got three at 28. That was your point, is whether it was Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, or, or, or Joe Blow that has six, this is the race to go get, right? This is the race to can you get to six. And how in the world, if he's got three by 28, how can anybody think it's preposterous to suggest he might get to six or seven? He may not, but if you, if you don't think it, if you don't think it's certainly in play, well, you're not. What's the matter with you? Of course, it's in play. I mean, there, there's, there's. I mean, he's got three at twenty-eight. And by the way, quarterbacks play long. I mean, this isn't. I mean, this isn't a running back where you're where thirty, thirty-one. You're, you're. How you play changes. Yeah. Running backs don't. Running backs don't want to quit when they're thirty-one or thirty-two. It's just how they're able to play changes. That's just the way the sport is. Well, quarterbacks, it doesn't change. No. It, so, so it, it might get more favorable it, when he's thirty-nine. He might be wearing flags. That, yeah. That, well, <laughs> or when he's twenty-nine. So, yeah. but the, uh, but, but the point is, the way the game goes, we've seen quarterbacks play very long, by all accounts. And look, he stays in good shape. He's never going to be a guy. It doesn't appear that's going to have any off-field stuff. He's a good teammate, uh, barring something catastrophic from an injury standpoint. I mean, he's going to lose Andy Reid yeah, at yeah. some point yeah, in the near future. And, and the, and the, but other than that, I right. mean. That's right. That's I, right. You know, I mean, and that's that's an asset for sure. Yeah. But, so, I mean. So, so if I ask you to do an AFC power poll going into next year, off the top of your head, an AFC power poll, I think we all agree the Chiefs are one. Yep. Regardless, yeah. regardless of what the seedings were for this year's playoffs, the, the, the Chiefs are one. Lauren, take it. Chiefs are one. Who's next? What do you got for me? I would say Bills two, Ravens three, Bengals four. Okay. And then I probably some coin flips. Yeah. Texans, Chargers, I, Jaguars, all those. Because I'm a Jags those. fan, I'd probably put the Jags five. Yeah, I, I would probably. But outside the market here, probably people would. I'd probably. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if you ask people to do it from parts unknown, Chiefs one. You had what? Bills two. Bills two, Ravens three, Bengals four. Yeah, I'd probably go right now. I'd probably go Ravens two, Bills three, Bengals four. Um. I would probably try to be objective about it with Harbaugh there. Texans, Chargers, Jags is probably what I think most people would and say. And, oh, by the way, the Jets, we, we haven't talked about yeah, them or the Browns. for a long time. But, or the, yeah, Browns. the Browns. But, but, yeah. I, but I would probably, for me, I would go Texans, Chargers, Jags. And I've never believed in the Chargers, but I really do think Jim Harbaugh is a really good coach. So uh, so that would be, be one through seven for me. Browns, eight. And, yes, I would put the Jags ahead of the Browns. They're a better quarterback, I think. I'd probably go Browns eight, uh, and that's the first half. I probably wouldn't do the second half. What, what, what about you? You got to uh, do it right now. I'd do Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, 
Bengals, Texans, Dolphins, Chargers, Browns, Jets, <laughs> Steelers, Jaguars, uh, Broncos. Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, okay. You went deeper than I did. But you had to go deeper to get the Jacksonville team in there. That's mm -hmm. what you yeah. had to do. You had to go. It take, took you a while to get to them. So what about the NFC? Are the, are the 49ers the team to beat in the NFC? That thing's kind of a crapshoot of sorts. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, it's sort of the ACC's answer uh, to the SEC in the uh, AFC versus NFC right now. The NFC just is not nearly as strong. And uh, so that certainly helps San Francisco. You start with their division. I think the Rams overachieved. So I, I think they're going to fall back a little bit. Uh, uh, Arizona is still lost in the wilderness. Uh, Seattle, I think they're going to uh, take a step back. So, yeah, you like San Francisco for the fact that they're, they have a pretty easy path to the, the division. Uh, I like the Lions. I think the Lions could be better next year. Uh, so I, I think they're probably their primary threat. Uh, the Eagles looked so dysfunctional late that I'm going to have to see it before I fully buy in. I'd have them in the tournament because – there just aren't seven good teams in the NFC, but I'd probably have Dallas winning that division. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, Green Bay would have to be in there. But all those teams seem to me like outside of San Francisco and maybe Detroit, if you put those other NFC teams in the AFC, you're talking about the ninth, 10th, 11th best team in, in the conference. You know what I just realized when we talked about the AFC? We didn't do all teams, but... Of course, we didn't mention the Patriots. That's how far off yeah. they've fallen. To we don't even think about them. Hey, Hayes went thirty-eight teams deep in the <laughs> in the AFC and didn't get to the Patriots. They'd be sixteen. That's what yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For the way they are now, I think the Eagles might have one of the more fascinating off seasons to watch, based off of how the season started versus how it ended. The uh, NFL Nation on ESPN did a way too early, like everybody does. This is theirs: Ravens one, Chiefs two, 49ers three, Lions four, Bills five. Dolphins 6, Cowboys 7, Eagles 8, Texans 9, Packers 10, keep waiting, Browns 11, Rams 12, I keep waiting, Bengals 13, Jaguars 14. So Jaguars 14th overall. That's really low to, for the Bengals NFL too. Nation, and low, low for the Bengals. So, um, uh, yeah, I think, well, what, and, and listen, and, I, and, and by the way, I'm not so sure it bothers me. I think the Jags are going to have to prove themselves all over again to – to NFL Nation, to NFL World, to NFL followers. I think clearly that uh, people thought, okay, it was a one-year wonder. Now they, they failed, you know, miserable season. You're, you're now you're going to have to show me again, which doesn't bother me, by the way. It's clear they were pretty good two years ago, and we don't believe it. They weren't as good last year in the way we expected. Yeah, I mean, the NFL head coach was saying my team was probably reading their press clippings, yeah. which is just – you just almost unheard of at the NFL level, but obviously there was something to that. Yeah, it, it certainly bodes better for the Jaguars to not have the expectations since they have shown that they uh, do not play well when, when they are expected to be the number one overall seed and have the MVP in Trevor Lawrence that this season did not go according to plan. So I hope they have a, a quote-unquote chip on their shoulder, which might be the most overused phrase in all of sports. So here's the significance of this moment. I now see clouds. Uh, yeah, so okay. the way you're facing How, yeah. has been towards where there's not as much cloud buildup. 
It's been building up behind okay, you so what uh, is it, for quite what is some it, time. As the as the radio shows, uh, <laughs> chief veteran, veteran. Uh, Hayes, by the way, she used to be the chief meteorologist. Now she's the veteran chief yeah, meteorologist. I like it. Okay, um, well, she's got the super, super, super Doppler. Yeah, so with, with what is the Doppler telling us is it's starting to get overcast here at Reagan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Field. Uh, that basically the rain is coming a little sooner than we expected, and it should be here probably around 530. That's really not what I was looking for. <laughs> I'm so that sorry. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. It I didn't was, slow down. It's I, I must up. not have answered. I must not have asked that properly. Hey, I wasn't looking for that answer. In fact, I kind of feel some of that precipitation right now, as a matter of fact. So there is that. But I got a raincoat here. Uh, we are live at the Bregan Baseball Complex. More in a moment on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a best bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's best bet. What a catch. <laughs> what a catch that was. That should have been our take yeah. flight moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tom, Max just saved the company a right. lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm not saying that was a big wind gust we just got hit with, but I just saw Helen Hunt and Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, how are they... I guess it's not a remake, yeah, it's a sequel. It's stupid, by Twisters? The way. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> of the 87 different commercials we saw from yeah. movies last night, what are we doing? Let's just yeah. come up with a new name. Yeah, Why yeah, does it have to? Yeah. Is there a Twister mythology <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we have to stick right, to here? Right. And by the way, if Helen Hunt's not in it, yeah. it's not Twister. Right. You call it Hurricane. You can you yeah. do that? Yeah, I mean, so. It's ridiculous. What did you think about How Do You Like Them Donuts? That was good. I, I, thought, that was really I good. thought that was the best one. Yeah, yeah. it might have been the best I, one. I thought that was the best one because it had everybody in it. Correct. It had everybody. I thought they were fine. And I, and I did, maybe because I'm, I've, i got a simple mind. But, but every time Schwarzenegger said neighbor, I cracked up. Yeah, I, I couldn't quit laughing. I couldn't, every time, neighbor. I said neighbor. I thought <laughs> it was fine. Suzanne goes, it's not that funny. I said, no, it's not. It's just <laughs> funny to me. It's just I can't let it go. I can't let the uh, the humor of it all go. So, um, the, uh, the Florida Gators lost their strength coach. Did that bother you? No, because he's really good friends with Bill O'Brien. And, I mean, again, if, if that's what sinks the Billy Napier program, I then, said the same I mean, they've, yeah. they've got, they've got yeah. some real issues. No, it's uh, – I, I mean, it's – obviously you don't want to lose anybody, but I don't think you begrudge uh, him for, you know, going – I mean, again, no one thought the Boston College job was going to come available. Right. I mean, Halfley leaves to go be the Packers defensive coordinator in a move that you just never, you know, never see. You will now in, in today's college world, but uh, – so no, no, I got no problem. He, uh, he's the from thing. the area, yeah. Uh, so no, I, I don't think that's a bad look for Florida. And I mean, again, you just go replace the guy. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I said he saw all over Twitter. Not a bad look. Not a good look. And I said, well, can't help this one. You know, this is one of his really good friends got a head job. That 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 was, I mean, somebody he's really close to, it and they wanted to work together again. I can remember when Mark Duffner was here, and who's an assistant under Gus Bradley. And Joe Philbin got the – was it the Dolphins job or the Green Bay job or something like that? You're about 30 seconds away from I'm being, about like, to, yeah, yeah, it's, it's swallowed <laughs> there's by no, this There's no question. Cover. I'm too tough for this, though. I mean, it's like the If it's the tent wall versus me, tent wall doesn't yeah. want any of this, okay? Yeah. Let me just say that. The I, tent wall already has yeah, two Velcro yeah. pieces that have come apart. I'm an 11-point so. favorite over this tent yeah. wall, just so you know. I'm that, taking okay. – I'm giving the points there. <laughs> 
It is. Uh, the wind has uh, drastically picked up. Yeah, it is it, accurate. Yeah, so. And but, I'll but, make sure we don't lose the iPad. The, uh, but, but Joe Philbin got the job. Yeah. And, and Gus said he, he and they're in each other's weddings. He and Duff were best friends. Right. Duff went to Gus. Gus said, yes, this is a chance to work with your best friend. Even though even though you're under contract, I, I don't have to let you. But, right. yeah, he's your best friend. Go work with your yeah, best friend. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. This is what goes to show you if this is Georgia's strength coach who left in the same exact – regard or in the same fashion Georgia fans are going okay we'll get a new strength coach yeah, right. I trust in Kirby right but because it's Napier Correct. and Florida's program has gone the way it has people are going to freak out about anything negative that's exactly right which goes back to your point by the way about about uh, Todd Golden mm-hmm. what the reason Gator fan needed these fist bump moments and, and whatnot is is the rain starting a little bit. A little bit. Okay, a little good. bit. The reason, the reason you need these fist bump moments. It's fine. We'll be off the air in 35 minutes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason you need these fist bump moments is because you don't want Todd Golden to be the latest guy that Florida fans can't wait to run off. Yeah. They couldn't wait to run off Mike White. Now they can't run, wait to run off Napier. You know, you, you need to get away from the can't wait to run off. By the way, the wind is really coming down hard here. I mean, I mean, it, it's, uh, we might have to make a business decision here. Is it's a, I think a big storm. Do you sense that big storms coming, Chief Meteorologist? Uh, that band, like I said, yeah. the speed increased. And so I asked you in the break, who's in charge of lightning? Yeah. Your answer was God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Lauren goes, who's in charge of lightning? I said, God. Yeah, that's I didn't mean in the sky. I meant who's in charge of calling the games in case there is lightning. Yeah. Because that is headed directly at yeah, us. Yeah, and, and, and by the so way. that is full of green, yellow, and red. I'm looking at the radar. And, and I, oh, there's a, there's, I see what they're pointing at. They're pointing at a, at a car with those lights on. That's what it is. Thank you for turning those lights off. I thought they were, but I, I do see the. The crowd's starting to empty a bit, okay? Yeah, the crowd has the also crowd, looked the, at their radar. The crowd is, dis, you know, it's dissipating, I think, is the word we would look for. This, uh, I'm looking for... Yeah, Floridians know when the wind picks up like this, a front is coming. By the way, meteorologist, a good meteorology word is dissipating. The storm front is dissipating. Right now, the crowd's dissipating. <laughs> I've noticed that. So, all right, we will, we will uh, have news and notes, I think, in a minute if we live through this. Uh, this twist We've over. been through way worse. Yeah, we yes, we <laughs> certainly have. So there was a kickoff cookoff. Remember a few years ago? Where were we? We were at the Hastings Injury Law Firm. We were. That's and right. The bottom we were at the firm. fell out. We and lived. We lived. We survived. We went inside. We sure did. Yeah, but we can, barely. We, we can go inside now. It's a bit of a walk uh, to set up our gear inside. But we might we might have to make that the executive decision here as we uh, get closer and closer. Uh, we do want to remind you we are at the Walk Off Charities High School Baseball. Uh, and softball classic. Uh, we don't know if we'll get this one in or tonight's game. Then we do know that the weather forecast, seriously, for the rest of the week is very nice. So if you Absolutely. if you weren't able to make it out tonight, I will be able to tell you that as we move on after tonight, we expect really good weather uh, coming up in just uh, for, for the rest of the week. And so we certainly are excited about that. Let's take a break. When we come back, Lauren will wrap the show with news and notes. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. We did make the executive decision to come up here to the yeah. future offices of Walk Off Charity. This is uh, this is where we will be one day build these offices out, probably in the next uh, two three weeks, and this is where we will operate out of right here. Love it. All right, so in case you missed it, uh, right now Providence is playing Wolfson in baseball. And then tonight, Bishop Snyder versus Ponte Vedra over on the softball side. Currently, Clax 
Claxon. Clay versus Paxson. And then tonight, 7 p.m., Episcopal versus First Coast. If there are some changes to the schedule due to weather, Frank, people can follow along with Walk Off on Social, I'm guessing. Yeah, I can, I can tell you right now, we have got the one, the one um, rain date that we have is 4 o'clock on Thursday mm-hmm. We are for, for both baseball and softball. Now, softball, we have two fields, so it's easier. Right. Baseball, only one field. But for baseball, uh, we, we have games scheduled 4 and 7 every day this week, except for Thursday. We only have a 7 o'clock game scheduled. So the 4 o'clock slot is, and we again, the only game based on the weather, other than Saturday, we get a championship round. The only game that looked like might be in danger, we thought all along, was tonight's 7 o'clock game. Yep. So that, other than that, we think the weather will be okay. And, again, if we lose that, we'll play it on, on Thursday at 4 o'clock. Sounds good. All right. Did you realize that there are only a few NFL head coaches to win three or more Super Bowls? Belichick has six. Chuck Noll has four. Joe Gibbs, Bill Walsh, and Andy Reid now all have three. How about that? That's, a, that's, that's an elite group there now. That, that is, that's, that's pretty good company in that group. And, uh, yeah, I did. I did realize that. And they're, they're among the best coaches of all time. Uh, Hayes, as far as the 49ers defense is concerned, they played zone on pretty much 68% of Mahomes' dropbacks. Mahomes pretty much torched them 23 of 32 for 229 yards and a touchdown, and, of course, he ran for 44 yards. But if I had told you before the Super Bowl that Mahomes would be the leading ball carrier for the team and he would throw an interception, would you have said the Chiefs lose? Yeah, it was a rough night for uh, Pacheco. I mean, he he got going a little bit late, but – you know, had the uh, had a couple of big miscues early, and I I thought the side I will say this I thought the sideline reporting I thought was exceptional. I agree. Uh, Those two stars, uh, and they're yeah, both stars, and they were on top of Pacheco going up and down the line, apologizing for the fumble, and uh, but yeah, it was you know a lot of people thought that the 49ers would be vulnerable to the Chiefs' run game, and they did a great job on that. Another. Again, you get into the layers of a football game, mm-hmm. uh, and you certainly do that with the Super Bowl. One layer that I thought was really important, too, Brock Purdy did such a great job in the tournament using his legs, particularly in the win over the Lions. Boy, the Chiefs shut that down. He only had 12 yards and really never anything of mass consequence. So uh, the Chiefs did a really good job not only confusing Brock Purdy at times, uh, but also really limiting him doing anything on the ground, and that ended up being the big X factor for the Chiefs. Mahomes getting going, converting the fourth down and one with a nice run, and then coming back, getting it inside the 10 with another nice run and and really the difference in the game. I did say this earlier. I'll say it again, Lauren. I thought even though Pacheco couldn't get much going, they stayed committed to the run. I I, I thought Andy Reid's a really good play caller. You have – if you quit once you bail on the run and they know you're throwing every down, even Patrick Mahomes is going to have trouble. You never the play fit, the play action always worked because at no point during that game did the Chiefs or the 49ers if they were running a little more effectively did at no point did anybody bail on the run. I thought that was good play calling. I really did. When you were watching live and you saw the interaction between Travis Kelsey and, and Andy Reid. Did you say to yourself, you got to bench him for, for that type of histrionics? No, I mean, it's a fair question. But, no, I mean, it's, they've got too much history together. Correct. They've already won two rings. I mean, they're, they're both uh, Hall of Fame caliber. And, and I get Kelsey being upset with don't take me out, particularly if it's going to uh, limit us in terms of what we can do. And, uh, and so I, I understood his frustrations. And he probably didn't mean to put so much of his weight into <laughs> Reed and almost knock him down. But uh, – but, no, I, I didn't have an issue with it. 
Uh, Kelsey's an emotional player. Apparently he gave a world-class yes. speech to the team the night before. So uh, he's one of your leaders. And, and to Kelsey's credit, he responded. Uh, he was magnificent in the second half. I think he was one catch for one yard in the first half and then caught, what, eight for 90 in the second half in, in overtime. So, uh, no, I, I certainly wouldn't have sat him. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's what – now – there's so many circumstances where that would be totally inappropriate, mm-hmm. and no one wants to make a habit of it. But I think those guys are pros. Andy Reid said, "Listen, I know what I got in my guy. My, this guy has this guy has been a warrior the whole time we've been together. He's allowed to let the emotions get the best of him. I think it was totally fine. Again, now, and I'll be clear: under a 99.9 percent of situations like that, you have to send a message to the player." Right. I think that one was different, and I think everybody agrees with that. I think had it not been the Super Bowl, we might have seen. Andy Reid address it just a little bit differently might have, because might have. of that fact. Uh, it sure seemed to me like he knew he couldn't take him out, but uh, he certainly reacted interesting in an interesting fashion. Uh, one thing that I thought was funny during the game, the semi streakers, you had people who were not exactly streaking Hayes, but they did run onto the field, two different people. They were arrested. And to me, still one of the dumbest things you do in general. You know, there was a lot of, uh, drunken behavior this weekend in sports we saw it certainly with uh the streakers and all again you know <laughs> topless streaker whatever you want to call them. Yeah, what, what um, we doing? but yeah it's but how about the uh this is off topic but could you believe the waste management got so out of control the golf yeah in arizona yeah and, and, i mean wow it's been and, on the verge i feel like yeah. well it has and went the way, way over yeah, there because here's what did. happened because because they because they wear that like a badge of honor yeah. the way they have it was it was bound to happen and it, yes. it was it was yeah. bound it was bound to happen I told I told the story before we were at the uh, we were at the um, 2006 the championship game and Prosser and I played the course and we took turns yelling at each other on that hole just for <laughs> just, just, just just for kicks true story true yeah. story so we, it was fun yeah I hope the fans okay I guess they said like they couldn't determine if she had been drinking or not and it's like hasn't every single person attending that event yeah. been drinking at least that's but, what it but, seems but, like but, it, but that th- but that that event has worn that like a badge of honor absolutely for so long that it was uh, eventually that was going to happen uh, we did not see PJ Fleck get hired to replace Chip Kelly. Instead, UCLA great Deshaun Foster is the Bruins' new head coach. How about that? A guy that's been on staff for a long time. He's a guy that connects. It's it's very similar in ways to what the NFL is doing. The NFL went and hired a bunch of guys, Dan Campbell and D'Amico Ryan's, and this year uh, a few more that were respected by their players because of how they played. They did the the, uh, the Gerard Mayo respected by the players because they were in the they were in the fire and I think UCLA said listen it's not a destination job everybody knows that we just had a guy leave to be a coordinator in what's going to be our same conference let's go let's change the way we do this a little bit I I think it's kind of cool absolutely all right I've got some over unders uh, or win totals per fan duel Matt Hayes tweeted this out earlier you're going over under Georgia's ten and a half I'll go over I will go over as well me too Ohio State also ten and a half I'll go over I'll go over to again. Uh, this is all games, right? This is just total games. Win yeah. totals, total yeah. games. Yeah, I'll go over again. I'd probably go over. Uh, Oregon, 10.5, I'll go under. I'll go under. Yeah, probably me too. Texas, 10.5. Under. Uh, definitely under. Definitely under for me too. Ole Miss, 9.5. Under. Under for me too. Yep, me too. Alabama, 9.5. Over for me. I'll, I'll say under. I'll go I would o- say over too. I'll go over. FSU, 9.5. 
I'll say over. I'll go under. I'll go under as well. LSU, nine and a half. Under for me. Under. Yeah, under. Uh, Miami, nine and a half. Definitely under. under. I'm going under. Way under. That one was the most surprising of Of all of them. Yeah, that was surprising. Michigan, nine and a half. I'd go over. I'll I don't know what yeah, I'd go under too because okay. I don't I don't want to ma- I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, I just don't think that league yeah. is all that difficult. Uh, Missouri nine and a half. I would under, go under. under. Yeah, He's under. in there in the SEC. Yeah. Even Penn, that doesn't mean they won't do it against. They did it, but sure. but the bet is under. Yeah. Penn State nine and a half. Under. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go they, under. Nine and three seems that, to be where they yeah. land every year. And finally, uh, Utah nine and a half. I don't know what to think. Of it's that. They're, go they're going into the Big Twelve. I'll still go under. I'll I'd go, go under. over. I'll go. Kyle under. Whittingham is so good. He is He'll good. Go okay. New conference. Um, that can be challenging. Uh, the Gators, three and a half over. Uh, under. I was going to say, under. so I don't have Florida's win total, and that's exactly it's five what I was going to say. Five and a half? Yeah, okay, it's five so and a half. Right, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are going to go under. Yeah. How could you possibly schedule? not? I mean, yeah. what it, it, evidence it, it, is there to the suggest number, he's going to win six games? Is five and a half the number? Five and a half is the number. Yeah, I'd probably go under. I mean, I mean, I can't believe I'd go under. But I, I, the, the schedule is really ridiculous. The story of their season is going to be, how did that happen? How did that schedule happen? How do they have 11 games yeah. that are as competitive yeah. as these 11 yeah, will be? I mean, they I mean, get one cupcake, yeah, I, 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 and then their second easiest game is UCF. And it's a conversation for another day. But I almost wonder, because so much is going to be made of how unusual that schedule is, does that almost work in his favor? You know, well, I think I mean, it works in his favor that seven and five might be enough to save him, right? If, be- because the schedule is so crazy, yeah. crazy hard. Well, if he wins seven on that schedule, he's yeah. going to have some some nice wins. That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, and finally, one note: I don't know if y'all saw, but in Florida softball, Olivia Miller became the first freshman in program history to throw a perfect game. And uh, Florida had some success over the weekend. So congratulations to Olivia Miller. That is. Congratulations. I was surprised that was the first time that's ever happened because Florida's had, had such, such dominant ta- yeah. pitching. Yeah. You would think at some point they would have thrown one. Maybe they don't stay in the game long enough to have the perfect game. Maybe, you, you know. I don't know. I did, I, I was, uh, Olivia me. Miller became the first freshman in Florida history to throw a perfect game. Yeah, first that, freshman. And I was surprised sure. that she was the first to well, do it. Well, perfect games are hard. I mean, even in softball, in the sport where you don't score a lot, perfect game. I mean, perfect game, that means nobody can make an error. That means you can't walk anybody. You can't hit anybody. Uh, perfect game in any sport, like hard, that's hard ball now. That's hard stuff. Yeah, very impressive. So Florida beat Bethune-Cookman and also USF uh, this past weekend. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick, that was a Super Bowl for the ages, wasn't it, brother? What a game. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, uh, San Francisco made some uh, uh, un- unforgivable mistakes, turnovers, coaching mistakes, and it ended up costing them. And, uh, you know, now you're looking at Kansas City and an opportunity to possibly three-peat. Uh, to me, um, they're in a pretty good s- situation. I, they just got to find a way to sign Chris Jones. I mean, you can't let him go. He, if um, you yeah, make that play late, it's probably a touchdown pass, an easy touchdown pass uh, for San Francisco. And, um, you know, we're going into double overtime. But because of that, you know, you forced the field goal. And then Kansas City was able to turn around and win it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Great game. Rick, everyone's going to have the Chiefs uh, at the top of their power pole, either or near it. 
either for the AFC or the NFL. What about the 49ers? Are they, are they back? There's not as much resistance in the NFC, obviously. Where, where, where are they moving forward in your mind? No, I think they're going to be fine because they do such a good job when it comes to adding players. Um, you know, for instance, even Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this is a team that's not a – Chase Young, and, you know, he's, he's probably gone as a, as a free agent. But John Lynch is so proactive. Um, you know, we talked all offseason about Trent Baalke. Go out and get yourself a pass rush defensive end. He, he did absolutely nothing. And then you look at a guy like John Lynch who addresses things, makes his football team better. So San Francisco's really going to be hit hard here in free agency. But I think they'll be fine, and they'll go out and, uh, and reload and, and make some moves perhaps for the trade deadline. Um, I think San Fran's there to stay for quite some time. All right, what's coming up tonight? What you got? Yeah, we got a lot. We got uh, certainly some stuff on that. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to dive in. I, I've been saving this for a little bit. I wanted to wait until after the Super Bowl. But, you know, once again, only a couple of quarterbacks who are active right now in the NFL as far as starters have actually won a Super Bowl. And it makes you wonder – who is really going to be the next one? If it was Brock Purdy, that kind of would have been, you know, not the names of the guys, the young quarterbacks we always talk about. Purdy would have been an exception to the rule because he was the last player selected. But I uh, want to dive back into that tonight. So uh, that's among all of the stuff we got here planned. Should be a whole heck of a lot of fun, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right, Rick. Have fun, buddy. Thank right, we'll you. See you. Rick Palou goes into the night. That comes up right now. This will wrap up our show. Do want to remind you we'll be out here all week long at the Bregan Baseball Complex at Fort Family Regional Park. Uh, great baseball tournament, great softball tournament, uh, both sports all week long as part of the Walk-Off Charities um, High School Classic. And uh, come on by. You'll see some great baseball, great softball. You'll have an awfully good time if you do. We're out here. Thanks to our friends at The Best Bet, not just for sponsoring every one of our Mondays, but being such a big part of this operation as well. We're out here. Rick Blues next. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel for Hayes. Lauren and RJ. I'm Frank Frangie. So long.